Welcome to the bonus series of the Geared for Growth Property Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mortlock, and you catch us in the middle of the What Should You Buy series. So today we're talking to buyer's agent Matt Sharp, and we're going to discuss houses versus units. Which is the better investment? Which one's best for capital growth or cash flow? And what Matt thinks is the formula for success for property investors when they're starting to buy property, a house or a unit. Here's Matt. Matt Sharp, thanks for coming back on Geared for Growth. G'day, Mike. Thanks so much for having me on, mate. Looking forward to the chat. That was way more of an FM radio voice than I intended when I started out. I apologize for that. Mate, it's a pleasure to have you back on. Obviously, we did the long-form interview uh, with you, so people should go and check that out. But today, we've got you back on this new series where we're going through property investing from start to finish. And, you know, we've done the stuff where it's saving for a deposit and creating a property plan. But we, we wanted to attack one of the sort of cliched questions, and that was, should you buy a house or a unit? Uh, so that's really what we wanted to to get um, you on for today. So, I mean, this seems like we could wrap it up in a minute. Like, what what do, <laughs> what do you pick, house or unit? Look, I got to say, um, I'm a I'm a house investor. I like investing in freestanding homes, and typically that's what I will um, recommend my clients to do. But I do have to say um, each individual investor and strategy, which I know you've spoken about on other podcasts, um, you know, they, they need to be counted on their own merits. And I don't think it's one shoe fits all. And unfortunately, it's not, it's not a, a black and white or a yes and no answer whether you choose a house or a unit. I think each individual needs to decide what's going to work best for them and, and ultimately what's going to fit best in their strategy. Mm. Well, thank heavens for that because otherwise this would have been a one minute and 30 <laughs> podcast. But, you know, you, you raise a really interesting point because people sort of ask that question like, oh, you know, do you buy for cash flow or yield? Do you buy a house or unit? Well, you, you shouldn't really have an, an answer in and of itself in a vacuum, right? It's got to fit the it's got to fit your portfolio and it's got to fit the area, right? Because there might be parts of the country where houses are great and units are terrible and the converse as well right like if you're if you're buying a unit in certain locations you might outperform houses so what what are the things that we should look at to help us to make that decision yeah it's a good point you make and in terms of what's going to work best for you i think you know you need to look at your i guess your strategy almost as like a jigsaw puzzle and just make sure all the pieces are in place to allow you to execute on your on your investments um, and get to the goals that you want to get to. But I mean, look, I think there are probably three um, key areas that you really need to consider prior to buying um, either a, a unit or a house. One is the location. Um, two is the supply and demand ratio. And three, I think, is the affordability. So I know we're probably going to dive into those a little bit deeper, but um, they're probably the three things that come to mind for me that I, that I need to consider prior to whether or not I'm going to decide whether a unit or a house is going to work for me. Yeah, I want to do a deep dive on that. Um, but just to just to before we go straight into that and to build up a little bit of an anticipation, right? Because we, we, we don't want to give it all away in that one minute 30. Um, you know, when it comes to the decision of a house versus a unit for for an investment property, I, I've purchased both um, 
townhouse rather than than units but it's it sort of has some of the same fundamentals right so um with houses i've seen uh better capital growth but higher maintenance costs as a as a typical thing with units um I tend to get better yields uh lower lower costs but potentially um lower growth as well and i think that that's probably the case and i came up with a, a little bit of a metaphor for it which which um <laughs> i did test with you off air and you convinced me to have a crack at it even though i feel is is terrible but we'll try that a house is a ferrari and a unit is a toyota the maintenance costs are higher on a ferrari but you will enjoy the acceleration see here capital growth the Toyota is cheap to maintain, but there is a lot of them on the road, so they tend not to go up in value as Ferraris might. Does that? Um, I mean, I, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed to have, have given in on that and, and actually put it in the show, Matt. But but is there is there something in that metaphor that you think actually makes sense to a property investor? Mate, absolutely. And I think you've <laughs> you've hit the nail on the head. Um, look, there are a few things in that that are that are gold for me, and that I can really relate to. And um, as I mentioned to you, obviously off air as well, um, supply and demand is, is a big thing with with property, right? Ultimately, um, the value of of something goes up um, given you know the scarcity of it, and and also given how much demand there is. Now, the Toyota to the Ferrari uh, Ferrari metaphor. Um, if you're going to drive from your office to home, um, how many Toyotas are you going to see compared to how many Ferraris are you going to see? So which do you think is, is more valuable, right? Well, I mean, it depends where you live, of course, man. I mean, you, you're a high flyer such as yourself on the central coast there. You I mean, it's probably a dime a dozen. You've got Ferrari Californias coming out your ears. But, you know, the poor battlers like me, um, I'm, in, I'm in the Toyota capital of the world. <laughs> Well, mate, I don't know anything about cars at all anyway, um, but I can assure you that uh, I don't see too many Ferraris around down here on the Central Coast, that's for sure. Just lots of dual-cab utes. <laughs> dual-cab utes. Well, it's utilitarian. Uh, so, I mean, the, the the sort of metaphor that I was trying to go for with the f- Ferrari and, and the house and talking about the acceleration and the, and the growth, um, our data, we've certainly seen where we've sort of tracked the purchase price that people are paying for houses versus units and then the increase on a macro level on the houses and unit purchase prices investors are, are selecting four years later. We're, we're seeing double the growth for houses than we are for units. Um, that's a bit of a weird um, sample size but or, or, or data sample, I should say, but is it sort of fairly accepted logic that houses will outperform units from a capital growth point of view? Yeah, it is. And look, generally speaking, that's history shown us that, that, that houses do outperform um, units. So it's something that you definitely need to consider when buying something. And I think, um, you know, whenever you look at a property, for example, um, you know, it's made of two components. So you have the, the land component and then you actually have the dwelling right on top of that. Now, you know, almost you'll hear this everywhere and, and most um, investment advisors will, will say that um, the actual land component of that particular property um, counts for 80% of the of the uplift or the capital growth or the or the property's value, um, yep. so more of the more of your money that is allocated to that land component, um, the better off you're going to be in the long run. So um, let's just say you own a thousand squares, um, you know a lot of that money is going to be held up in the land. 
Um, if that thousand squares is divided by, let's just say 10, 10 lots, um, so mm-hmm. 10 units, you know, you only own really one tenth of that, of that thousand squares. So um, a lot of your money is obviously going to be steered into the actual dwelling itself. Not sure yeah. if that made clear sense, but um, yeah. No, it does. It, it does. And, and I think that that really is traditionally why um, houses have, have outperformed. And I think it's, it, there's this sort of more sought after as well, and I think that's um, that's something that I want to sort of segue back into those those three tips that, that you mentioned. Um, so the wait is over, folks. Um, the, the the first thing that you talked about is is the location. So deciding on a house versus a unit is quite det- contingent on the location, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now the first thing you need to think about when you're deciding on on a location or, or a house or unit is okay, where is this unit located? Is it in an area where, you know, people want to live in units? It's a huge, huge mistake that I see a lot of the time. People will just buy the unit because they can afford it um, without considering, you know, who, who the tenants are going to be, um, potentially who the, the, the next purchases are going to be um, when you go to on-sell that property. So, for example, um, if I was looking at a, at a unit, I would be more inclined to buy one in an inner city as opposed to a regional centre because predominantly regional centres are made up of freestanding homes compared to the inner city where the inner city is going to have young professionals, um, potentially a lot more single people and they want to be closer to the amenities and closer to the big jobs. Yep. Yeah, so that's where you can't really just say a house versus unit. You will do your plan or you will do your market research and then that will zero in to a state, to a suburb perhaps even a a street and then it's a matter of well do people want units in that street do people want houses in that street so i think that's that's awesome advice um what was your second tip the give for growth property investing podcast is presented by our business mcg quantity surveyors if you're an investor or a property professional looking to get the best tax depreciation deductions for yourself or your clients please get in touch with us at mcgqs.com.au. It's our mission to help as many property investors as we can to maximise their claims and maximise their property education as well. Um, look, the second tip's a huge one. So it's supply and demand. All right? so, so basic economics, ultimately the price of something will increase the greater the demand, Okay, um, which, which we all sort of understand. Um, I think... Look, there's a couple of things here as well. Now, look, how many houses or units are available at any one particular time or, or within this within this area, right? It's a key it's a key fundamental to consider whether it's a high rise building or whether it's a, a it's a freestanding home, um, you know, right next door to a huge greenfields area where potentially you know a, a 200 lot subdivision has just been approved. Something that we would need to consider. And look, it's a long. Property is a long-term investment, right? So a mistake that I see a lot of people make is they have a look at the now and look around and say, oh, okay, this is great. There aren't too many units available or this is the only house available right now in this particular area, but they don't have any foresight. So you need to really do your research, have a look at see to see what developments have been approved, what developments are coming up in the future because that's going to have a major impact on the capital growth of your property. Mm, that's awesome advice and 
On the supply and demand stuff, we hear all the time the warning with units, right? Because units can go up very, very quickly and they don't need a big chunk of land. So you could actually purchase a unit in a location where another 800 of them are built in the next two or three years. But it's something that needs to be considered for houses as well, right? Because you can have those subdivisions, as you say. Um, so so the supply and, the, and, and demand is, is not something that you should just consider when you're investing in a unit. It's something for houses as well. And, and you should be able to see traditional housing approvals and inventory levels, and that makes a, a, a huge difference. Um your third point, which um, we did cheat and talk about this beforehand, it's mostly off the cuff. You can probably tell. I mean, if this was planned, it would be a disaster from my point of view anyway. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're an absolute pro, Matt. Um, but affordability, and, and, and you shared something really awesome that I think if there's one key takeaway from, from this, um, it, it would be this one. So run us through, run us through that story where um, someone looks at what they can afford. Yeah, um, and thanks, Mike. So, look, one huge mistake that I see a lot of investors or novice investors make is they go to the bank, they work out what they can afford. Um, let's just say five hundred thousand, for example, um, and then they base their investment decision solely on what they can afford. Okay, now, look, if you were to buy a five hundred, and, and it, let's just say you want to be in a in a certain suburb because you're familiar with that suburb, if the only thing that you can afford within that suburb that you're familiar with is a unit, and you base your decision solely on that, I think you potentially are at huge huge risk. Okay, um, because look, your decision around investing shouldn't just be based only on affordability and on what you can borrow because there are multiple markets across Australia. Um, there are there are a whole range of opportunities to buy properties, freestanding homes at different levels and it's something that you really need to look into, do your own research or, or obviously leverage on a professional to help you understand that. And, I mean, awesome advice because a lot of people say, look, I'm, I'm really wanting to invest in suburb XYZ because it's an up-and-comer, right? And then they think, well, you know, the median house price is 700 I've only got 550 to spend from the bank. I want to get into that market, so I can't afford the house, which was my original plan, so I'll get the unit, and it'll just be the same results times by 80% because it's a lesser purchase price. But it's not true, right, because the, the key fundamentals driving the house market in that location may not be there for the units and, and vice versa. Um, take, for example, a regional location, right? So um, buying a unit in a regional location might be impossible or it might also be suicide right because there's so much land that people don't want to live in those units so you might think well this property or this suburb has been overperforming but it's the houses that are performing not the units right yeah mate and you're absolutely spot on you are, you know you've you've explained that perfectly so within a suburb obviously you have different markets too all right so you obviously have different price points but certainly you have different different dwellings as well so different people are going to want you know different things in their properties and if, and if you are solely basing your purchase on um, a, a certain suburb because the houses are doing well and you can't afford a house so then you're going to get a, a two bedroom unit uh, you're going to make a massive, massive mistake, and and you're you just put yourself at, at huge risk there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's awesome advice, uh, Matt. And I wanted to let people know that you are certainly in 
full HD and full form on the Geared for Growth podcast as episode 95. Uh, I was just checking out your exact uh, number there. So please go and have a listen to episode uh, 95. We go into detail about uh, Matt, about how um, he was uh, an NRL uh, rugby league tragic and obviously got a knock to the head and got a few extra IQ points and got into the property game. Um, it's it's easy to say this sort of stuff when I'm remote. I'm actually quite terrified in your phys- physical presence. Uh, you're still hitting the gym a little bit too hard, but it was a it was a great interview, and I definitely recommend uh, people check that out. Um, we were talking before about how, how people sort of, you know, you come across these stories all the time that people sort of decide to buy a house or a unit just because they went to a seminar or they went on holidays to a beautiful location and they're like, you know, they have an emotional attachment to it. Do you see that sort of stuff as a buyer's agent all the time, I'm guessing? Mate, I do. I see that a lot. And um, it's it's funny how, like, there's so much great information out there, obviously, across, you know, multiple platforms, whether it be podcasts, books, audio books, but you would be so surprised at how often that comes up. Um, and uh, unfortunately, you know, the industry is riddled with, you know, property spruikers and, and, and people, you know, developers trying to make a quick bark. And there are so many people that, um, you know, are misled or have had poor experiences within, you know, within the, the industry and with their investment, with their own investments. Um, mate, I've had countless and heard countless stories of people buying off the plan in regional areas, um, you, know, you know, like buying a unit in an area that isn't suited to, to units. Um, and then, of course, you know the the couple that have gone on holidays to um, to somewhere remote Australia or or a coastal town and, and have bought the the apartment down there because they just loved it for the weekend and lo and behold it's it's been vacant for six months and hasn't actually been um, giving them any sort of a return. So, mate, you do mm-hmm. hear those stories around, and I think it's awesome that obviously you have this podcast to um, to try and educate people. Well, thank you. We're we're doing the best I can. Thankfully, it's not just me talking. I get to interview proper, clever people such as yourself. So, thanks for coming on. Um, one thing I wanted to share at the end is that um, we've come up with a, a rental loss index where we're tracking rental losses due to vacancies um, across the the major markets in Australia and indeed every suburb in Australia. And one thing that's popped up a lot is that the areas that are leading the charge with uh, rental losses are the areas that have that high density uh, unit development style stuff. Um, so I'd encourage you to go and have a look at that um, that website. We're producing that every month and you can check out your suburb. It's at rentlossindex.com.au. Um, I guess we've sort of come to the conclusion that houses kind of beat units on this one, but I guess depending on who we interview, we might have come to another conclusion. But the more important point of houses versus units is fitting it to the location and the demographics and the demand of that location, the supply and demand, so what's coming on the market for houses or units in that in that area, and the affordability as well, because where you're wanting to purchase um, really is is dependent on how much money you've got to spend. So you might not be able to get a house in a certain location and a unit might actually be better moving a couple of suburbs across. So those are three awesome tips from you, um, Matt. So thanks very much for that. Anything else that uh, that we should know in closing? No, I think um, I think we've covered most of it. It's certainly covered the the major three points. There there are other things to consider, of course, like you know your holding costs. You mentioned earlier on that potentially you know a house 
could cost a little bit more in terms of maintenance and upkeep. But on the flip side, you know, if you're if you own a unit, um, you know, you're going to have strata fees and and body corporate fees associated with that too. So I think there are multiple multiple factors in this. And like I said off the top, I don't think it's one size fits all. I think everything needs to be considered, and you need to just consider whether or not a unit's going to work well for you with your with your strategy, your investment strategy going forward. I love it. Um, often it's nice to start these podcasts with houseful versus unit with the idea that we're just going to leave with one, but it's so much more important to consider the location and how it fits within your portfolio. So thank you for uh, saving us from per- perhaps a very expensive mistake there, Matt. It's <laughs> always a pleasure. No worries. Thank you. Cheers.